Also, that's okay, guys. Say. Just wanted to make sure we're synced up. Start we're, in the, oh, we're in the game? Yeah, Zach does the intro today. I, I thought we were live and the first move was the really? cough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really good. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back to Beta Hastings. <laughs> this is episode 42. <clears throat> this is episode 42. Featuring Doug Steven and Miguel Aragon. Cabrizé Keurigs, the new the 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 new entrepreneurial coffee maker in the house, and of course <laughs> Big Herm VSC. What up? What's going on, gentlemen? Hey, just chilling. Another good day in the city. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Seems that way. Um, first of all, we'll say we'll say a uh, quick um, hello to Jamie, who couldn't be here today. He's not feeling the greatest, and in today's COVID times, it's probably best just to stay at home until you're feeling okay. Yeah, um, I, nev- I never thought I'd be so built for a pandemic, but the whole idea of just having to sit at home and watch TV and play video games to stay safe, I'm down with that. I can Ooh, get there. Yeah, I can do too. that. Isn't that crazy that some people can't do that? I have no idea. It's like, hey, listen, can you just stay at home and watch some Netflix? Yes. Yeah. It's weird to me because I always felt like I was built for that life. Like I was, I'm a good stay at home, like staycation guy. But then the second that I was told like everyone's got to, I felt really like, Fringy, like, oh, I don't want to do it if everyone's doing it. <laughs> it's because someone told you to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It. yeah. It's, it's when anti-authoritarian gets in the way of yeah, just part of me, Yeah, part of me was like it was this weird tumultuous kind of feeling I had, in, I had in me. Like, it always feels good to go against the grain. You know, everyone's going to work and doing stuff, and we're just chilling, playing video games. But then we're all like, you know what, take a couple days. But I think well, it, no. <laughs> I think it felt better when it felt like you were doing something like, fuck that, I'm yeah. doing this. Now yeah, it's just yeah. like, this is the only thing to do. Yeah. Like, You're going something. against the man. But yeah. when the man tells you to relax, it's like, I don't want to relax. Yeah, I don't work. <laughs> that was the key to stoner productivity. Was telling them that they had to do nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. This is cool. Here, here, take some money. Well, I'm gonna do something with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm really fucking uh, impressed of all my friends who like bettered themselves over quarantine. Like, I got so many friends who, I got so many friends who didn't, but I got a lot of friends who like put on muscle, lost weight, started workout programs, do this. Like, they painted their house. They did like, they they bettered themselves and started reading some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if there's another lockdown, like an actual heavy one, I think I would I would try and take advantage of this next one, not like I did the first one. Yeah, I didn't do any of those things. Yeah, I, me either. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got fatter. Yeah, uh, me too. I gained twenty pounds. Yeah, oh. no, I didn't do well. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, thankfully I stayed busy with work. Right, we were all kind of in in um, advantageous positions where we were we were our livelihoods weren't affected super crazy yeah um by by covid like a lot of other people were so i think i don't know there's there's, there's a lot that goes into that yeah mm-hmm. i was able to pick up like new hobbies and stuff like that get back into old interests and shit mm-hmm. i was cool about it like rediscovering things you used to like well pokemon being the biggest one yeah. i was gonna say your pokemon flex has gotten a lot harder in the last little bit <laughs> yeah dude herman was it was so crazy how quietly he started the Pokemon thing. He was just kind of quietly things around the shop, <laughs> holding cards and like talking about it, whatever. I think these are coming back. And then not like three months later, it's the biggest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, I've like Twitch just opening packs. I didn't know he'd been, could... he been talking about this before it was a thing, man. I swear to God, where's his contract at? <laughs> so, Herm, what's next? 
I don't know. That's like the big question. Well, like I think the Pokemon craze will end uh, when is it April when the twenty fifth anniversary kicks off, and then that'll die off. And then I don't know what, what about Pogs. Pogs come back. Maybe that'd be a good one. I loved Pogs. Like personally, do you guys remember the Slammers you could get? Do I remember so the slammers. slammers? Fucking had a limited edition gold one that was like full metal. Yeah, that yeah, the yeah, yeah. ones and shit. They would dent the real Pogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had the uh, I had the gold one from uh, McDonald's, the Batman Forever one. Sick. That was my favorite edition oh I loved all those uh, the uh, speaking of pogs there, I remember when OJ Simpson was the big like deal in pop culture at the time and I had this one that had it was a really thick slammer and then it had bars on it and then there was a picture of OJ and oh. it was him in the slammer <laughs> and I remember my dad got it for me and he thought it was fucking hilarious and I didn't really understand the significance of it at the time but now looking, I'm like oh yeah, I see well now that he's actually spent some serious time in jail it might yeah, be worth even more <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. I wonder what happened 15 years you know, that's, this is a Mandela effect the uh, what happened to Pogs? Because apparently no one knows where their Pogs are. Like, what happened to them? Yeah, like, there's this thing online. I don't know how valid it is or whatever. Or maybe one of you guys have a fucking storage room full of Pogs somewhere. But, like, it's a, it's one of those, you know, Mandela effects, right? Is this, like, Marenstein bears? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Oh, pogs is one of them. So, like, Pogs is, like, like, they don't, no one knows where Pogs went. Like, do you remember where your Pog collection went? No, and I, anywhere? I don't think I've seen a dead stock Pog. Ever? No. Ever. No. You, you haven't seen a tube rolled up in the thing. You haven't seen one of those trading books. You Stop. haven't seen a package. You haven't seen one. Oh, my God. Garbage Pail Kids, seen them kicking around. Everywhere. Pokemon yeah. cards. Everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Like, and you saw them yeah. in the fringes of society, though, in between. Yeah. Well, like, I'm thinking now, like, I remember getting to a, a hundred pogs, a thousand pogs, and I think I made it to, like, two thousand pogs, but then that, that was, like, a serious box. Yeah. Of, like, what pogs. the fuck happened? Yeah. No. Yeah, that, that, I guess that's pretty trippy. Isn't that a weird thing? Yeah. Fireplace? <laughs> well, they could have just recycled them all, right? And when like they're, they're, it's just cardboard. They could like we could literally just be reusing and not even. Know yeah, that. I guess, but uh, it was it was a funny. Were we recycling yet? I was definitely not. I know my mom just threw that shit right out. <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, <laughs> I think no. we were just starting to talk about the three R's in school at the time. No doubt, reuse, reuse, recycle, maybe yeah. repeat. Reduce. Reduce. <laughs> repeat. <yeah. laughs> Rinse, repeat. I, I, I got confused with shampoo for a moment. You're right. You're right. Are you really supposed to shampoo twice every time you do it? Wait, what? Well, is it rinse? It's, it's, you're supposed to repeat? I think if you repeat, it's because you let your hair get too dirty. Uh -oh. Like, if you've got to that point, you fucked up before that. It literally says that on the back, the repeat. I think it's if necessary. Nah. I have no idea. I don't think so. I think it actually says that, but I'll confirm. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. <laughs> I have been doing it wrong for 38 years. <laughs> I always thought that it was weird that there were still instructions on the back of shampoo. Like, it was like, come on. How, like, how was it your first time using shampoo, but you know how to read? Like, how long did you go without using shampoo? Exactly. And because shampoo, their showering is the one place left in the world where you're kind of left to your own thoughts. Like, the bathroom, gone. Yeah. You have your phone. Right? You're, oh, yeah. you're going through your own shit, like whatever. You used yeah, yeah. to read, I remember reading the back of everything when I was taking a shit. I can tell you a lot about Colgate toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. That's why you had reading material in the bathroom. Yeah. The only last place in this world for you to have thoughts to yourself is in the shower. And that's where that you still find yourself reading the backs of things and being like, eh, that's weird that that still exists. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was a bit of the opposite. I did absolutely no thinking or reading of any sort. I just let my body do its function. I just sat there staring at nothing. Like, just oh, stare yeah. at the wall? Yeah. Just like, I was using zero energy, just fucking, it's like a pause. Just, <laughs> Wait, no. are you talking about going to the toilet or showering? Yeah. 
Both, just that and then. I used to. I, I have to think. To, I have to think and do nothing. Just. I still love reading. It's like my fortress. Right. Yeah, solitude. I need to remove myself. <laughs> yeah. So and then my body will do what it's. I am like. removing myself. That's what I'm doing. I'm just mentally just. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I can't. Time I can't, to go back out there. I Here can't empathize, go. man. I can't. Wait, empathize. is that how you take a poop? Like, yeah, just all I just, like, I just, no, 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 no. When I poop, I do this. Just purges. Like, <laughs> <It's> just. <laughs> all right. Let's go. <laughs> I head back into the world. So oh, Jamie's man. gone for ten minutes, and this is how fast the conversation. Yeah, it's <laughs> <just, laughs> the adult in the room's gone. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, all right, man. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about other stuff. You know what I tried recently of yours, which was great, was your your Pepino's uh, uh, your Pepino's fried chicken pizza that you did. Hey, yeah, you talked stuff? about it forever, dude. Oh man, I talked about it forever at work. I was telling everybody, you gotta he's try this to, fucking thing. Us, like like minutely updates. Like in fifteen minutes, I'm going. In Fourteen minutes. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> it was exciting. You Sweet. created a milestone in my life to be really excited about, and to be like really, really excited for. Ah. Uh, that makes me stoked. Uh, so we had always had it in our back pocket that we wanted to do a hot chicken pizza. Um, it's something that I think I was uh, I saw like just somewhere in the bowels of the internet at like when DL Chicken was maybe six months old, so about two years ago, and it was a janky, janky looking pizza. And so we always knew we wanted to do it. And was it deep dish like that or was it just? I think it was, remember the 90s style pizzas that weren't deep dish but weren't thin crust? They're bit like, like, like Delicio kind yeah. of thicker? Pizza yeah. Hut commercials. Yeah. Think Pizza Hut commercials. Yeah, okay, or yeah, if, yeah, yeah. or yeah. if you've ever been out east, like Pizza Pizza is sort of the benchmark yeah. for me for like really, really shitty pizza. But I'm addicted to that pizza. Yeah, oh, love it. If the, it's the first thing I eat every time I go to Toronto. Yeah. This pizza. pizza. I need to have pizza pizza. Really? Yeah, need to. It's different out there, I swear. The pizza pizza here is way shittier. The pizza pizza in the East Coast is way better. I'm sure, maybe it's... I swear. Who knows I'm, if it's shittier or whatever. No, because I've had both. I remember I remember as a kid, I used to love pizza pizza, and then like I used to tell people about it, and then we got one here, and it was the worst pizza I've ever had in my life, and I ate it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love pizza pizza. Soft spot in my heart for pizza pizza. Always. I like that that style of pizza. I think I've now discovered better forms. Of course, of yeah. yeah. But there's this like you know when you're trying to satisfy a craving. It's when you eat KD. It's the same type yeah. thing, right? Yeah. When you're when you're satisfying a craving or McDonald's, right? For me in Toronto, it's Harvey's. Well, there's still Harvey's here. We order Harvey's all the time. 86th, buddy. Two months ago. Yeah. Two months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pulled them all out. Harvey's yeah. is the most slept on burger it quick was, burger so spot you can, forever. You can have it your way. Well, you know what? The, that was the big thing for me. Have it your way. And I'm like, fuck yes. I'm spending my money. I want to have it my way. That's what I used to Fair. love back in the day. I remember I remember the the first time someone told me about a Harvey's, they were just like, yeah, like Harvey's. I'm like, the place in Home Depot? They were the fuck would they go there? And well, that's just, the name. You know, but, but then they're like, it's like a Subway, but for burgers. And I was like, what? And like, yeah, you put anything you want on it. And they so, grill it right in yeah. front of you and shit. Like, it's, there was a considerable quality difference between a Harvey's burger or any other fast food place. Yeah, yeah. And they were the first place to have like different types of burgers. Because you can get just like a regular patty or like an Angus patty or like yeah. a spicy patty. Like, yeah. oh, it was so good. It, definitely the nail in the coffin for them was losing the Home Depot contract. Because uh, Subway took that shit over. Yeah, and they also, they went to get them behind the scenes. They went to, uh, they changed their format up and they went to frozen patties and they went to prefab everything. Oh, this uh, was about like eight years ago and there was a really like... 
the decline in quality as a result was Do you think noticeable. that was to help their bottom line, or do you think it was to compete in the, in the market? I guess both do the same thing, but... Yes. Yeah, yeah, both, I'd say. Fair, 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 fair. But to get back to the hot chicken pizza. Yeah. Yeah. We, we knew we wanted to do it. And we knew that we were going to be going hard on new product launches for the two year, first two years of the company just to help establish the brand. And then uh, COVID hit. I don't, know, I don't know if the viewers at home know about COVID, the, co- <laughs> the, the COVID. The vid hit. Um, and it really shifted the way that everybody had to do business. And for us, we don't just love... Uh, frying chicken or making hamburgers. My wife and I love the industry that we're a part of. We actually started um, more in the casual fine dining realm versus the quick service realm. And we were like, okay, our industry is pretty fucked. Let's just do everything we can with anybody that we can. So I knew that I wanted to do this. And then uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Phil uh, Scarfone, who... um, had been working for another restaurant company, he joined the team at Pepino's and Savio as the executive chef of the company. And so he was driving to Pepino's one day. Uh, I was out front of DL Chicken and he rolled down his window. And I wanna say it was on my birthday because I think he wished me a happy birthday. And I screamed back, I said, thank you so much. Can we make a fucking hot chicken pizza? And he said, yes, and then just drove off. And we met uh, a month later uh, with eyes towards a November launch. Um, and then it just kind of came together. The team there at Pepino's, who is doing most of the cooking, they were supplying the chicken, but yeah. they're actually the ones They cooking. do your chicken good, though. Yeah, they, they, they follow the recipe. They, they kill it, yeah. Oh, yeah they, they did a great job. So good. Um, they, they came out to play so hard, and then... Uh, we asked um, the artist who designed the Download Chicken logo, uh, Rec, um, if he'd be willing to help uh, put the two logos together for a, a collaborative T-shirt that was going to benefit charity. Uh, and this one is Backpack Buddies, which helps underprivileged youth. And he said, sure. And so uh, it all came together. And it like, yeah, we're, I'm so stoked with how it's been. It's, oh, it's fucking great, dude. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of questions. So can you just tell us what is the pepino pizza? What are they, the fried chicken? And where do I get it? So uh, they do a Detroit-style pizza. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with Detroit-style, it's baked in these deep rectangular dishes. So it's like a deep dish. But what separates it from a regular deep dish is that they put cheese down the side of it so that when it bakes, you get this kind of like crispy cheese skirt kicking up around the side. Um, And where I really like the Pepino's pizza is that they let that dough rise more than most other places that do a Detroit style. Yeah, that's what he was saying. So you don't get, like it's still thick, but it's not as dense as a lot of other Detroit style pizzas. Um, It's just that little bit fluffier. It's definitely Uh, lighter. Like after you eat the pizza, like you don't, I definitely feel lighter than like how heavy I would feel after a pizza pizza or like something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, and I think that's a result because they're just letting it ferment longer, letting it rise longer, and I think that's uh, that's shown a better product. Where to get it? Pepinos. Don't know when this is going to air. If it's after December 6th, I'm so sorry that we teased y'all, but for you, Herm, it's available until December 6th. So from now to December 6th. Yeah, I'll yeah. show you the link tonight. Like, like, I can just go there and get it right now if I wanted to, or is it uh, special nights? They are every night from 5 p.m. till close. Most pre-orders are sold out, but they open up a call-in pizza every half hour on the day. So you can call today for tonight, 
any half hour increment and they can oh, probably so get it's you. bumping. A lot of people are getting in on this? Bro, this is the hypest food you've seen in the city. 50 to 60 pies a night, I think they're doing right now. Holy. I'm yeah. saying. That's it's awesome. like the shit is like, for all of our listeners, we constantly talk about sneaker drops, releases, hype, like clothing, like whatever, it's hard to get things. This is the, yeah, it's the food of that. It's, yeah, yeah. it's the equivalent. It's so fucking cool, man, that you created that culture around food in this city. Because as far as I know, it, I mean, it exists in pockets, but it doesn't really exist. The, uh, the idea of collaborating is not necessarily new to the food industry, but the way that it has been done in the past is very frequently in like these collaborative dinners where you do two dishes, I do two dishes, Herm does two dishes, Miguel. Um, where we wanted to switch things up was to be more uh, in line with what I love, which is, you know, I love a, a hip hop song with one artist, but you you know that when you get multiple artists on the track, you're gonna hit harder. You want that posse yeah. cut? Yeah. 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 You know? I look over <laughs> my shoulder, right? Both shoulders. And here are these sneakers. The sneaker on its own is great. The J1 is great. The J4, fantastic. Travis Scott, really, really okay. Good, I guess. Cause, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the other hand, I'm in, I, I love. I love his artistry. When you start putting these things together, you're going to hopefully make something better. For sure. I like yeah. that. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to look at that. Yeah. The Lego Adidas is kind of weird. It's like having a baby. Art babies, man. Yeah, Art babies. Yeah. Art babies. What's, uh, so what, what's, your, what's your beef with Trav? Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm going to put it out there like that. Uh, you, know, you know what? I actually have to be honest. I absolutely love Travis Scott. I love his energy. If you haven't seen his uh, documentary on Netflix, that's one that really turned... I haven't seen that. Is it it's really good? cool, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's good. It's uh, like a... Top of the year? Yeah, Damn. I think so. Like the Astro World one, right? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Has anybody seen the Takashi Six Nine documentary that just came out? Whoa! No, no, no. no. While we were on the topic, I, know I wanted. Yeah, something just dropped on Hulu. I saw like this morning on my way here. So. Is it like a live stream of rats running around? No. <laughs> 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 like, I don't like the guy as much as the next person, but like I can't. The guy fucking created an engine of interest around just like I want to know how this happened. Like, how yeah. did you do this? But like, for like eight months, like nobody cares anymore. No, it's yeah. but now, but now, but. See, this it shows how little his his shit is ex- like, how little water his his bowl holds because we're already making documentaries about him. He's only been out for two years, right? Like, yeah. and that shows his end. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan just had a documentary after fucking fifty years of Grand Slam, like you know what I mean, killing it. Yeah. So I mean, I, that that kind of marks that that stage in his story. Yeah. Um, but to answer you, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think he is great. I think he is at his best when he collaborates. I don't think Travis Scott on his own. There's never been like a solo Travis song. Uh, maybe Antidote, where I've been like, oh man, that song hits so hard. But I love a lot of his collabs. I love... I, don't get me wrong, I like the, the Astroworld stuff, but I actually really like the McDonald's Nugget Buddy fucking squad yeah. shirt. Like, I, I like the way that he collaborates. Cool. And so he collaborates with meaning. I I feel you. I think you mentioned something about his like style of selling his merch too. He makes it readily available for anyone for like forty eight hours or something like that. Yeah, it's anyone a, can get it for a certain amount of time and then never again. It's a it's, it's yeah. a super interesting model to me in, yeah. in, in how he does it because it's basically like, hey, listen, you want it? I'm gonna open it's it up it. to everybody. Yeah. You got a couple days to pick it up, and that's it. No doubt. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's because like at first when he was first dropping the stuff, he uh, didn't really. I don't think he took the resale market into account 
because like the first Travis Scott shoes or the merch and stuff was just like impossible to get and like right. people were on Twitter Instagram complaining to him and like he himself like replied to some kid who just like some random kid who tweeted him just like yo your shoes are impossible to get I love your music but I can't rock any of your stuff because it's impossible and that's why he and then he responded to that kid and he said I'm gonna work on that or whatever and that's why he does what he does now makes it easily available for anyone that's who good. actually gets it but isn't his final form of shoe drop five shoes didn't he just drop only five pairs of shoes? Well, that's the PS5 one, but he's not selling them. He's giving True. them away. True. To five, yeah. And he's going and creating this like immersive experience for those five people that win it. Yeah. And like going to hand deliver it and do the whole shit. So I think even though that's like the there's aspects to what he's doing that does make it feel exclusive, yeah. I think it's a very, to him and in his head, I think it's a very inclusive I, idea. I, I was actually just joking about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy my little brother has the same name as me and lives in Florida. Because when I saw U.S. residents, I was like, well, sick. Yeah. My, my brother yeah, lives I down there. Oh, man. Me too, yeah, I yeah. was so upset at that. Well, it's me, me, Herm, me, Herm, Jamie, Migs, we're all, oh. we're all sitting there in a group chat fucking it's refreshing the screen and doing shit the whole talking. thing here in rumors, nah. shit talking. We and, yeah, all and missed on our PlayStation drops. and then It was a bad day. It was a bad Speak day. for yourself. Herman's the only one in the room with a PS5. Oh, wait, no, Jamie for sure. But he's, he's not in the room, though. He's not in the room. So Herman is the only guy in the room. You get a PS5? No. No? No. No. Did any of you guys jump in on that hype train? It was crazy for that. What do you mean? Did I? You know what we did. I'm going to say. Salt on the wound. I mean, like, are you guys still, like, looking to get one and stuff? Are you guys down? Yeah. Like, how about yourself? Eventually. Eventually, yeah. I'm not about to pay a thousand bucks for for a resale that, for a resale uh, uh, PlayStation, but yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of hard to swallow. But it's like again, I'd pay a hundred, a hundred over. But again, over. yeah, if someone offered me a PlayStation right now for eight hundred bucks, I'd yeah. do it. Yeah, I got the pre-order. Like people yeah. selling it for a thousand, they think they're marking up. They're only marking up like two hundred and eighty bucks. Yeah. Like I had to pay like seven hundred and twenty bucks for my yeah. PlayStation. But that's like the that. profit. Like in sneakers, something drops for two hundred bucks and it can be worth two thousand. So we're used yeah, to these exactly, like two thousand yeah. percent. You but know what I mean? Like profits on something like that. But any in any other world, like 30 to 35% profit on 700 bucks down is pretty good. But you're also not likely going to see that shoe like in three months. Like, the, well, yeah, the, the, the window's smaller. The window's window clearly smaller. smaller. But it's, but it's just going to be, the, uh, I think it's just going to be hard because everyone sees the money in it. So they're going to just, mm -hmm. I mean, like you see guys posting online pictures of them with like four or five of them and they're all selling right. it. That's whack, awesome. yeah. I mean, so so we'll play and trade is the place that Miguel and I got ours from, right? Ooh. Which is uh, which is I mean, and James and James as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's Xbox. Xbox, Xbox. Yeah. I mean, and and we were just talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but like, as a small business like entrepreneur, I can understand like uh, uh, because they had told me when I went in there and and kind of kind of you know threw up threw up some grass and, and tried to figure out what was going on with my pre-order they told me that they kind of felt duped as well from their supplier like i guess they had been sold up a tree of like and i'm sure this goes with other small businesses too around um sold up a tree of like oh yeah we support small business we want to make sure you get your all of your pre-orders in and you can support your your, your people and, and blah 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 especially in covid times la di da and i mean that just didn't happen and i guess they're coping with the fact their words with what that they got duped as well as well as we did but um, my problem with what's going on is that we're pretty much learning any information that we that we can from them through like one measly Facebook post, which they like kind of rarely update. Yeah. And 
And so for the amount of money that's going, and, and rumors are spreading, right? The rumor mill's obviously at high factor, you know? They got a $100,000 fucking um, uh, interest-free loan and, and, and are just taking returns when they can, or blah, 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 like, you know, and people... The Elon Musk. Exactly, yeah, they look at it with, with, they look at it with, the, with speculation, exactly. I took my Cybertruck money back when he started talking about, like, all the conspiracy theories. I was like, oh, no, Cybertruck's not for me. Did you return it? Wait, what? Yeah. We we had a we were we were gonna get the you three put the four hundred bucks down or whatever yeah, yeah oh my god damn that thing was beautiful yeah and then you returned I, it well we no, just well, no no it's not out yet we just said we don't want it anymore mm. I don't know where we're at in the process with it my wife was hitting them up but yeah so you, you was, lost was, consumer faith I was fine when it was the Tomb Raider one like boxy model like I thought that was totally fine but when yeah. Elon Musk started spouting some real whack shit I was like yeah no I'm out what is he saying now what's he, what's uh, he on I believe he is currently COVID positive but it was through a rapid antigen test which oh it's left nostril have, right nostril one right it doesn't have the same sensitivity and so he's like well maybe it's just a made up virus and maybe we shouldn't be wearing masks and oh, yeah. I hate it when smart people say things in like crazy environments and then people take it and then it just it's now it's a problem yeah now it's a problem now it's fact and that's what he said yeah now it's a problem Elon Musk said it's not real yeah is he on video saying that uh or is it like a quote oh he tweeted it yeah that's the worst because you typed it yeah you read it again yeah you thought about that for a second you didn't just press and send you didn't just be like maybe we shouldn't be when it can be taken out of context or whatever like fuck man well I'm pretty sure Trump just fucking types shit Kofifi Oh, Fifi, yeah. yeah Fifi? Oh, cool. What's that? What's that? Remember when um, he like wrote like a, some random tweet where he said, like, uh, uh, Barack Obama always something, but there will always be Kafifi. That's what he said. Kofifi. We think he was talking about coffee. Nobody's quite sure. Uh, was he saying Hawaii? Could have been. No. I don't think it was about the birth certificate. This no. was like 2017. Yeah, yeah. You need to know the year to know the problem, yeah. to be honest. Fair enough. Trump, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. What were we just talking about? Travis Scott? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So we know so so Travis, respectable artist, you're like, what, what about cause? Why why you love cause? Yeah, so what why do you why is it so distinguishable there? I just everything I, I personally I like the style of the artistry. Like we, and we can start there. But just the way that he started and the ingenuity of breaking into public transportation poster uh, boxes and flipping the posters out. So cool to me. Mm-hmm. So Advertisement much interventions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Sorry, I don't know the technical term. That's what we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to sound like an art prick with that. Advertisement intervention That's sounds like something that would happen on Mad Men. I just, I'm like... Fair enough. Oh, man. I have so many uh, art cause books and stuff. I'm so used to reading uh, so much of it. And I read it yeah. with my son all the time, right? And we go and talk about art. Like, uh, he, he, my kid just came back from school the other day with his own Basquiat painting. Yeah. And I guess he, they're learning about Basquiat in school. And he knew about Basquiat beforehand and was like t- talking about it in school because of art that we've discussed at home. Yeah. Right? So it was, that was uh, just like a... I'm so pumped that that style good. of art is like what's in schools now. Oh, yeah. Well, like his teacher's cool. Okay. Right? His teacher's like, he does like air, acromatic artworks and, and Basquiat stuff and then they do a different thing for every... Like he's cool. Like I go and pick him up and stuff and I can see that like his teacher's wearing cool stuff and I'm like... Well, like, it's probably, well, like his okay, teacher was probably born in the 90s now, right? Exactly, like, all the right? Teachers probably born they're awesome, in, man. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like the baby, the baby boomers are they're, over, they're, bro. They're people younger than us. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's crazy, right? And then yeah, I always kind of feel like they're my... Bo- bro, I had my first round of like 
parent-teacher interviews the other day, and it's so, when they're like one years old, it's so crazy because, like, he's a kid, right? So he's farting and doing Godzilla shit all the time at the house <laughs> and whatever, and like, and like talking about butts, like butt face, and, and like, you know what I mean? It's hilarious to him. He's like Beavis and Butthead, essentially, right now, yeah, is, yeah. His, is his level of humor. And I got to imagine it's the same at school than he is at home, right? And yeah. then so the second that, so I'm on this like Zoom call with Talon and Gat sitting on my lap and the teacher's there and they got the teacher's assistant. like, all right, Gatlin, like, we got to talk about some of the Godzilla sounds and I feel like I'm in trouble. Then <laughs> 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 it's this whole thing that you got to kind of deal with. Oh man, it's, it's hard to be a parent when they're that young. <laughs> Having met Talon, I'm going to hazard a guess that she's not the one making the Godzilla sounds. No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the one that's like sitting there. I, well, I've said it on the podcast before. Like, I, I'll go into the garage, get say like being a stoner makes you a ten times better dad when it comes to playing. Yeah, because like I come back from the garage, do a big dad, like, fucking dinosaur time. Let's <laughs> 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 go, right? <laughs> and it gets a little overzealous at times and stuff. And I think uh, I think I I think I add into it a little bit too much. Yeah. How, yeah. how did you handle it? Like. I know me personally, if they would have been like, yeah, there's a bit of a dinosaur problem, I'd be like, that sounds like a you problem. Here in my household, dinosaur sounds are allowed. If you don't want him to do that in public, you need to deal with that. You're the educational system. Don't forget your dinosaur. Don't forget your Tell him not to do it. Like, send him to detention. Tell him no. Like, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. And then the teacher would look at me like, serious? Like, fuck you, I'm serious. What do you mean? Like, I teach him all the home stuff and how to be a decent human being. If you want him to act proper, that's on you. <laughs> as, as, as a new dad, I'm excited to drop that that's a you problem, not a me problem. I'm so pumped, man. That's awesome. Sounds like a lot of you problems. Yeah, that, like, that sounds like something you need to teach him at school. So I didn't realize that I was sending him to work this whole yeah, time. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I'd, be just like, I'd be just like, I send him to you for eight hours a day and this is still a problem? I would have handled this week one. What the fuck do you need? <laughs> I'd be like, if he can't understand two plus two, that's a me problem. Uh, sure. Then we got to figure it out. No, fair. I, I mean, I have kind of had that attitude towards some of his teachers in the past. I've told you about it before. I've had, I've had teachers try and give me the bullshit like, we think he has ADHD problems or stuff. And I'm like, I think you're a lazy teacher. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of the way that yeah. goes. With this one though, and I see, I see Gat the way he is at home. And then, and then I hear the teacher kind of talk about how he is. And I go, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I have a hard time fighting that one. <laughs> I would interview the teacher. I'd be just like, how were you raised? Were you bullied a lot? And be like, no. And I'm like, are you sure? What were your interests? Tell me your interests. Well, that was the big thing that I found in it was that, like, they weren't really taking kids for face value. They were only taking kids for face value. They're kids, and this is what they're doing, and this is, this is the consequence, right? They're not, like, being like, oh, this kid comes from this type of a background, or this kid's like new to the class, or this kid does this, or this kid, you know, has doesn't have brothers or sisters, or this kid just moved here, or I mean, whatever the situation is, right? There wasn't that like ability to, to judge people on their own kind of situation. It was all just like your children, everybody get in line, which is what we always kind of talk about when it comes to the, uh, the, the, Every kid's treated the same. For those, I think you know, I don't know if you know, I just had a kid, I, yeah. just, I just had a baby boy. And I've been talking to Zach an awful lot about how to be a good dad, because I think he's a great dad. Thank you. Just come to the source. He, I tell him, he tells you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met your kid. I don't... <laughs> But one of the things that we Fuck keep talking about, one of the things that we keep talking about is the success that kids have in school. I uh, I dropped out of school in grade eleven. 
I was making more money doing other things and then I got into restaurants and it served me no purpose and it's not that uh, it's not that education's bad I learned a bunch of things on my own I studied by reading the books that I was passionate about but my problem was that to have somebody telling me what I'm supposed to be passionate about was was it didn't it didn't work for me yeah. to hear that there's only one form of art uh, Zach and I talk a lot about this when I was coming up, it was like it had to be a classical painter or the group of seven. We were always going to McMichael. Yeah. Graffiti was not seen as an art form. And That's, that was yeah. that that just like it turned me off of something. And I never want my kid to have to go through that. You brought up. No, you brought up eight hours at school. I'm going to make sure that my first parent teacher interview, that teacher knows that fucking homework counts as a credit and a half. If they're going to ask him to work more than eight hours, because yeah. my kid's going to learn his worth. Yeah. yeah. And. I want to have a teacher that's going to show him what's up. That's yeah. going to tr let him be him. Yeah, that's what you got to... Because I agree with you about the educational I system. Too. I hate it in a lot of ways. But there are a lot of really good teachers that I had growing up that I think I that I, I attribute a lot of good th things that I have in life now to those lessons that I learned, right? So, I mean, it's... it's <laughs> School's, school's good in some, to some degree. It just fucking sucks when you get placed in front of a bad teacher and, yeah, yeah. and that kid has to suffer that consequence of that, of this fucking shitty teacher. Yeah, I remember, I remember in, I forget what grade, but in high school, I had a, my, one of my English teachers, this, ch this chick, she was, she was young and way in way over her head and I was just interested in skating. I didn't give a fuck about English classes. She legit sat me down one day and she's just like, you're not gonna graduate and you're not gonna become anything. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, cool. Well, fuck you. <laughs> she kicked me out of her class and shit. Years later, I ran into her at Mount Pleasant. I was at the skate park with a homie, and then and then uh, she comes in with her little kid, and I was just like, "You told me that I was gonna become nothing," and then she was just like, "Oh, I'm sorry about that." I was like, "Yeah, that was some like really shitty teacher." I remember. That. I was just like, "Yeah," I was like, like, and I was just like, "I'm not gonna like," and I was like, "I'm gonna be very honest with you. I still hate you to this day, like right now." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm very sorry about that." And I was just like, "Yeah, you're a piece of shit." Yeah, fuck. She should understand the, <laughs> yeah. the, the the level of, of of shit that she can put on <laughs> yeah. a kid, right? You're a fucking teacher. The yeah. ramifications of what you say to a kid are real. You can't be saying that. I know. Like, I think you're gonna be something, Herm. I, 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 I actually like who you are. I'm gonna turn to you for when Pogs get big again, so I know where to pick them up. Yeah. Let's go. No, but like, no. I remember that. Like, even though I wasn't too interested in kind of school things or anything like that, that really turned me off. I was like, well, I don't give a fuck then, because it's like, what kind of support system do I have? Here? No doubt, no doubt. Like, like at yeah. the skate park, you had a oh yeah, way super better, good but, support system. But then, like, there were other teachers who were uh, like, you know, who were they were good. They would they would try to guide you, and you would sometimes just go against, it, and they were kind of just like, all right, Herman, yeah. So good whatever then you come back the next day and it was like a restart it was, it was fine mm -hmm. but then well the they would understand you're a fucking kid yeah exactly you're a it fucking kid grudge like that and put you down and say ugh mm -hmm. I grew up uh, like f feeling that a lot feeling yeah. like well I'm the kid like why do I and then uh, you know you're making mistakes and you're dealing with all these adults all the time now so it's like this huge thing that echoes through yeah. me when I deal with kids now it's just it's like alright man let's be a little easier on you and just this is a learning lesson you're well, not like an like, asshole well like just like what you said and you guys are saying like now they're teaching different things in school remember like all the crap the useless crap they, tossed at, they, they taught us in school remember uh, career and personal planning that was the worst I don't remember any of that I don't shit. Think I, went. I I think back to protractors and compasses. I haven't used a single one of no, them. Oh yeah, none of that shit. Since you know what school is? School teaches you 
to be good at, at, at dealing with the work environment, like having a boss and having like those kind of things, right? Like if, you're, if you can deal with doing bullshit things that make no sense and you don't want to question it, if you're good at that, then you'll do well in like a corporate real world where you'll just like create TCP reports all day for no reason why, right? Yeah, like, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm making a difference, you know? <laughs> Every day it's a new pile. A new pile of stuff, yeah. Oh shit, gonna be a big one, you know? And it's, that's, I think that's the big deal, right? Like with school, when you have school be, uh, when school becomes that, that kind of like, that turnstile of just like bullshit, right? And things, it teaches you to be good at that. It doesn't teach you to question anything, which is like what, in my opinion, is the essence of like higher education <laughs> is critical thinking. Being like, eh, I don't think that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Crazy. So you mentioned you, you dropped out at grade 11 because you were interested in the, like, the restaurant business and you had learned that, like, how did you get into it, like, beforehand, all that? Like, like at what age did you get into, like, restauranting or learning how to cook and stuff like that? I, oh, this is a weird question. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Uh, I got my first restaurant job, uh, I was 16. Yeah. And I did, uh, I was a busser. And I was also uh, selling weed. And then I got caught, so I decided that I should probably, I, I'm bad at this, so I should probably <laughs> sell this on restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. oh yeah. Uh, that was my get out of jail free card, so I was like, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do restaurants. And uh, I started applying myself, and I became the youngest uh, waiter at the restaurant where I was working at, the youngest server by about five years. And then I started to make some good coin, like, pretty much what I was making selling weed. So I was like, oh, this is sick. This is awesome. Yeah, this yeah. is easy. Um, and then, uh, you know, just follow that path for about 15, almost 20 years. And then in 2014, um, I'd hired one of my buddies to be the chef of uh, my old restaurant merchants. And he had a family emergency that took him away and I couldn't find anybody to replace him because I still didn't have a huge budget for, for, for what, we, what we were doing in terms of hiring a chef. Uh, so I decided that I was going to try to cook and I made some really fucking weird food for about a year and a half. And I'm so thankful that a lot of my friends stayed loyal and continued to spend money with me at Merchants because some of the stuff I made was like... It wasn't as good as the fried chicken I know. <laughs> so it was like, that was like your test kitchen, we would say. It's, it's, it was where I put myself through a very hard learning process. Cool. And my, my failures immediately uh, and directly affected my pocketbook. So it, it, it taught me how important it was to make something that people wanted that was delicious, that had, uh, had good quality focus to it. Weirdest thing I made, who asked? That was at you, Miguel? Yeah. Oh, man. So purple mountain yams or purple yams um, are a delicious root vegetable, but if you ever try to puree them in a food processor, it turns into like a sticky paste, like tar, like shatter almost. Like it's not okay. good. It's oh, not, yeah. it's That's not It's not nice to eat. It's not good. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, what did, what, did, what did you do with it? I threw it out. It was oh, fucking horrible. No, I thought you were gonna use it for something. No, no, I so we, you tried we to were, get it we were, off the spoon. That's, yeah. that's just it. You, you, you put it. So they, there's a move called the spoon swipe, where you where you put your spoon of like whatever right. it is down, and then you kind of spread it out with a little little flick of the wrist. Did that, and like when it finally did come off the spoon, you'd go to push it, and it would just the move. Whole, the whole thing would move. <laughs> the plate would go with it. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that, 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 that was not okay. And then I got another dish. I'll, 
I'll show you guys the dish. I'll get you to put, like, if you want to put it into the video, because you guys need to see this thing. It had, like, carrots and parsnips sticking up and, like, a weird... It was fucking horrible. It sounds like a booby trap. Like, it's a thing with all the spikes coming out of it and stuff. I made some really weird, like, really weird stuff. And then then I learned kind of what people were wanting, and then... uh, we started doing fried chicken. Um, yeah, you told the story on the last podcast. Yeah. So for anybody listening now, Doug was on a, a previous episode of ours where he goes through the whole kind of down low story of how of how you uh, came across fried chicken and gained the passion for fried chicken and the whole story behind down low as well, well right? Yeah, and I've always been passionate about fried chicken. That's why. No, I, but that's really cool because like we're like, talking about school and everything. Because uh, I remember in my hometown in, in in Delta, they had this one school where uh, a bunch of my like almost exactly like you, a bunch of my stoner uh, buddies, they were all sell weed and stuff like that, and they they had. They were kind of interested in cooking, and then the school offered this crazy cooking program. Yeah. Where just like, where like instead of taking classes, they opted into this program, and they would work in a restaurant at night, and then during the day at school, they would learn stuff. And then like all of them in grade eleven did the exact same thing. They're all just like, "Fuck it," and just to left me school. that's school. That's to me yeah. that's practical school. So and then Jack. one of them actually went on to win top top chef like chef, top chef Canada or whatever. Crazy. Yeah. Who was that? Uh, Trevor Connie. Don't know Trevor. There was a dude who recently I met that that was like runner up or Top Chef Canada guy. Yeah, Mark, Mark Singon. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. met him just the other day. Phil, who took over at Pepino's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was runner up last year. Oh, cool. Mark <laughs> was runner up two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. it was. He's the. Uh, he, yeah, we met. I remember the girl was being all coy and shit, and yeah, then yeah, he yeah, checked that, all this. We're like, you was a fucking catch, baby. Yeah. <laughs> hey, James, do you know where my bag is? Inside of it should be a chocolate bar. That's Mark Singson's chocolate bar, which we should shout out because oh, it's a pretty dope oh, chocolate stuff. bar. Yeah, that's funny because it is also purple. It's made with ube. Really? Oh, yeah, because like, I follow him on Instagram. Ube cheeses and corn. He makes a lot of great stuff, and he does like for like private people that's and cool. like like little the like, cool events. And he's the. He's the advertising guy for uh, Best Buy. If you go into Best Buy in the electronics section, all him. Oh, it's him. He's the guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. We were talking about that. That's, that's right. We were talking about. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I think it's in the front pocket. But speaking of, like on the school topic of that, it's crazy that they don't create more programs like practical, real life programs. Oh my god. Oh, those look dope. Oh. Yeah, those are the ones. Mark Singson, Ube Bar with Beta 5. If you don't know Beta 5, that's I who we do it. a lot of collabs with as well. It's off the hot charts. That's but yeah, Mark made that with uh, Beta 5. Beta 5's local chocolate maker, Adam, and I went to the owner of Beta 5. We went to high school together. There's cheesies in this? Yeah. He's the same guy we did the, the crispy chicken skin chocolate bar with. Oh, sick. Yeah. We did the chocolate bar, and then we got halfway into the ice cream sandwiches that we ran this summer, and that's when we realized we went to high school together. Oh, crazy. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, straight up. That's cool as hell, man. Yeah. You went to high school ah, together. You graduated high school together. No, he did. It was a real, you both did, man. You both did. <laughs> we both survived it. He that's, graduated. That's dope as fuck, That's so man. cool. Okay, so like, you were talking about before about like how uh, you had a lot of things and then coming up and then COVID struck and everything. And it seems like you keep talking about uh, new collabs or anything. Uh, was there any things that were halted because of COVID that you couldn't uh, come out with that you wanted to? Download Chicken Toronto. Yeah. Oh. That was that was a big one. That was that was the next move for uh, for my wife and I, and it's backburnered for a little bit. Instead, we're gonna do a bunch of projects here in town, um, and most of them are collaborative. Like we're not gonna do just a, a collaborative product. There's a, there's a couple things where we're gonna be working with some people to to do some really cool stuff. Nice. I really like the vibe that I get from you. It's just like you got a lot of things coming. You don't know what's gonna. Like, I mean, like you're like, like, oh yeah, I'm in some chocolate. Yeah, you never know what he's gonna pull out, right? Yeah, right. What he's working on. 
So like I'm, I'm like this is all burgers. I have in my bag. And it seems you've been been able to do pretty like good for yourself. Uh well like like keep your head above water for during like this COVID. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We've been really. I think you know to me to me you're the epitome of bet on yourself. Right. No one else will. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying though. Right, like I mean, the most successful people that I know are, are and, and not just successful financially, but just like who are just wealthy in life. Like they have love around them and people around them, and 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 things going on and whatever. Like they bet on themselves. Well, and also I, I got to be honest, the people around me, everybody that we try to work with, whenever we do a collaboration or some of the upcoming businesses, it's all about uh, the fact that there are. As much as I think I know something, as much as I think I'm good at something, I don't know everything, and someone out there is going to have a better idea. Mm -hmm. I, don't know how to, I don't know how to make pizza. And that's where the beauty of collaboration comes from. Yeah. Especially. Talking about all these collaborations, is do you have a dream collaboration? Like some sort of uh, uh, chef you want to work with or a restaurant that you would like to do a thing together with? Not just in town or just like in general. Yeah, just some crazy shit. Oof. Man, that's a tough. Yeah, yes, yes. You have one? Okay, cool. There, there's like, there's probably like a million. Like my, my head's just yeah. sitting right now. Uh, who are some like? What are some things you would like to do, or who would you like to work with? Travis Scott. Travis. <laughs> In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah. I, I love mean? everything when he works with somebody. It's always good. So you're saying you take the call? I, oh, in a heartbeat. All right. Yeah. All right. If Travis Scott called you and he's like, I want to make a say like, like a sub. Like he wants to make us like a like a sandwich, like a meatball. Yeah, sandwich. as long as it's not the same sandwich with an extra strip of bacon and an extra pickle on <laughs> 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 like, it. He is a fucking asshole for that. <laughs> he makes such and you can only get sprayed with it. Like, fuck, I like Coca-Cola. It was so funny because he makes such a good point. When that that was only available in the States for a short amount of time, but you could easily just like order it online and just like modify it and you would get the exact same thing. And it was literally no price difference. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. You know what's another sick uh, food collaboration that I tried recently, which is awesome, was the mac and cheese and Cheetos that I just, have you seen that? Is that the one about Dank Mart? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I bought so many. Did you buy all three flavors? I bought all three flavors times, like, I have a whole thing full of it at my house. Like, I've spent $100. Chat on later on that. I, so, I need to get some of that. Yeah, it's yeah. so good, dude. So, like, it's the, it's macaroni and cheese that tastes just fucking, like, like, Cheeto flavored. And then they have the jalapeno and cheese, the bull cheese, and, like, all the different flavors and stuff. Yeah. And they, so oh, I love it, man. It's so good. I love what Dank Mart's doing just with, like... Because being in New York and even Toronto has a lot of like bodega culture, right? Like Vancouver doesn't see bodega culture in Vancouver is like downtown east side kind of weird stuff, right? Yeah. Before yeah. I, I dank mark, I like the, the hasty market at Main and 15th. They've been trying to sling nice snacks for a while. Oh, have they? Yeah, have they, they? that's where you would go. Yeah. Like, you want those half pound Reese's peanut butter cups? My wife, when she was pregnant, she was like, <laughs> she's all about Reese's. So I rolled in one day and I saw those. I'm like, shit, I'm getting so many bonus points tonight. Do a good deed. Let's like, go. Give me all of those. Uh, but yeah, I love. I think what Dank Martin is. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I do obviously see that, you know, other places were trying to do more things, but then to just put it all under one brand and then like bring all this crazy stuff in. It just, it's a good idea. It, yeah, and promote it that way. They really just put a noose around it and really like tamed the animal. You know, yeah. which uh, which I really Their respect. Is really good, yeah. yeah, which I really respect. I like it a lot. But there seems to be this like kind of wave of, of well, like shitty 
versions oh. of it that are kind of coming I out, too much, but yeah, <laughs> right? Like I see it all over Instagram, right? Because I've been I've been trying to find I've been searching Dank Mart or Cheetos or stuff like that. Those snacks, sure. so my Instagram algorithm is all bullshit right, snacks. Right, right. I, I feel like because Zach knows how I feel about one of the more recent launches. That's all about for the community and for the culture, and it's a sure. fucking pile of shit. Right. And fuck those guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> You know who you are. Uh, but but Dankmar really was about it. Like, they were the first ones to be bringing, like, the really, really difficult to find products that are now kind of starting to... to what I liked was that some stuff that I was, like, the like all the best-kept secrets, like the, the coconut water that I would get from this place or, like, the peanut uh, milk that I would get from this other place, they knew about it, they had it, and they yeah. had it all in one place, maybe a little bit... Higher than the others, but like no, but you get it all in yeah, one spot. Yeah. They worked the really hard on their aesthetic and just the service and everything they provided, uh, plus the word of mouth that like yeah. you started hearing about it every. It just started taking off. Like what yeah. they were doing, their setup was so perfect. Like the you said, they yeah. had they had they had their know of the product, what was exactly. in, what was about to be in, yeah. and then they, they then you had to present it. Mm -hmm. sure. It was just great. No, they killed it. They saw like an open hole. Like that's why I was saying about like in Toronto growing up or like visiting New York you get that same vibe like you were saying like this type of drinks over there this type of things over yeah. there it's a buck cheaper at that one yeah. right like bodega culture is kind of a thing but um uh but yeah it's the first place that i've ever really seen put it under a roof with that branding like all in a house right like even in new york it's still it's still kind of city smoke you know and it's like they still got the <laughs> magazine section or whatever but they got good snacks not that i've seen anyway i'm sure it exists out there yeah yeah crazy convenience no, stores still have that uh the uh, donut breakers, because those were fire. We threw I had one last Monday. Monday. They're still going. Monday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we At got the American, right? We, used to, we yeah. went, like, for four four weeks straight when you dropped that, yeah. for sure. You know what, man? You're the you're the king of finding two things that it can exist in one bite that are so <laughs> good, right? Like, the, the first time that I had the donut burger, and it was just, like, the sweet and the savory, it, it was, like, it was insane to me. Gotta throw and, that one out to Boondock, so that's, I don't get to take credit for that. Fair enough, but even with the pizza. Pizza. The bites with the chicken and the pizza, like those specific bites are insane, dude. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy to put two things together. It's harder to make sure that they can exist cohesively. But I said, they're like, holy shit. That's like the best kept secret since, like, I haven't felt this way since I put Teddy Grahams in cereal. Yeah. People don't know about what? that. Told you. Yeah. <laughs> I was today's years old. <laughs> That's great. Teddy Grahams and cereal is a heater. Super heater. Damn. Yeah. What are your food hacks, Miguel? My food hacks? Like things I like putting together? Yeah, yeah. It's glizzies. I'm, a, I'm pretty good with the glizzies. He's been on the glizzy train. Yeah, I just, uh, I have this favorite dish. It's like classic Filipino breakfast where it's... Banana ketchup and glizzies cut up and just sauteed. What's a glizzy? So, yeah, explain what a glizzy is. Hot dogs. Hot, oh, hot dogs. Yeah, I'm down for that. But I I just, where does glizzy come from? I don't know. Who started it's saying that? Right now. What, uh, all right. That's, it's, he, I went into the shop the other day and this guy well, started talking about glizzies. It took me so long to figure out what he was talking well, about. You texted me about glizzies like two days later. I'm like, what the fuck's a glizzy? I know, and I told you, and I'm like, you haven't been talking to Miguel. Paul takes up all the new slang, though. He'd be like, I walk in there and he's like, I need a glizzy, no cap. And I'm like, what are you saying? Like, and then I'm like, 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 I'm like
<laughs> I don't fucking understand. So it's the default just to assume that Cole wants a hot dog, and then whatever word he's using is just the new word for hot dog. For sure, no. It's, it's, like, is that what you're saying? It's whatever thing he puts at the end usually is the newest, best way of being like word, you know, or like for sure need that. <laughs> no, okay. Glizzy's, Glizzy's going around for slang for hot dogs for sure. Why? Okay. I'm not sure. It's all over TikTok. It's all over TikTok. But if you it's also rank that for the boys thing, you know what I mean. But if you rank the words right, you got hot dog, you got wiener, you got frankfurter, Glizzy's and then you got glizzy. Glizzy is kind of cooler. It's, it's, the, like, coolest it's, it's yeah. the coolest. I like words. it. It's stuck with me in my head. I already told you. Yeah, that. I said me and Gat and I had macaroni and hot dogs the other night for dinner. The Cheetos macaroni and hot dogs called it glizzies all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm gonna try and make Gat the I don't game changer within the school. for glizzies, by the way. It's been around. You have to say this when you go to school. What? Say this and start it before sure. someone else does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> take, take credit. Yeah. Be the person in the school. I, I came up with Glizzy. Mm. Um, tell it, it's, uh, how, how long are we at for the recording here right now? Oh, we're still good. We're okay for a bit. Tell us about anything. 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 Ah, uh, this is my wife's new brand. Yes, I've seen it pop up on Instagram a little bit. But yeah. I, have, I've, I haven't had a full introduction to the brand yet. So they are about to launch. Uh, my wife, uh, Lindsay, and her partner, Kelsey, are working on putting together. It's a line that's a based in equality uh, and that is targeted towards women, but a lot of the products are unisex, depending upon how confident you are and how you can carry yourself. Um, the launch products are going to be uh, a turtleneck that has embroidery. It says chin up. And it, this has actually been in design since before the pandemic. But when you unfold the turtleneck, it's got a rose print underneath. So it can be used as a, uh, an emergency mask if you needed to. Oh, it was like a face cover, fabric yeah, face cover. But they, but they didn't. Oh, they yeah, they actually didn't intend for that. Like when they originally started designing it, they're just like, "Oh, this will be a fun little design feature that hopefully people will appreciate." Mm -hmm. like and then like suddenly that. the world is like, "Oh, oh shit! Now we need it." Um, so, the the goal for them is is that they want to produce every product uh, in Canada as locally as possible, um, and most of it is going to be stuff where it's not just their design in terms of what's on the shirt, but they actually are going to do all the blocking. And then the, the second side of it is the Say Anything series, which is what I'm rocking right now, uh, which is a series of long sleeves that are all going to have uh, social forward messaging, uh, talking about some of the things that are happening with regards to equality or lack thereof uh, mm -hmm. in the world. And every shirt, depending on what the message is, is going to be attached to a different charity. So they're, they're not just going to talk about it. They're not just going to release something that, that, that says something positive about mm -hmm. social justice, but they're actually going to put the money where the mouth is and, and make sure that there's, there's money going back into the community based around which community they're trying to, trying to talk about. Is it a, is it, is it a nonprofit? Uh, the business is not a nonprofit. These shirts are effectively. But they're all charitable. It's all charitable. Yeah. 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 These shirts are effectively going to be. They're not going to make any profit off of the the say anything series. That money is going to go to the charity. Ah, I see. I see. I see. Um, so it's like series based. I like the, how it's embroidered on the chest, and then you have the screen printing along the side. And I look out for anything that has a bit of embroidery on it, because yeah, to me, to me, it's just like a. It's like a. It's like a throwing a quarter in it. Like you know, it's it's that nice. Yeah. You know, it's that extra little piece, right? Yeah. It's like building things with intent. I remember watching when I was building like Future Grown Up and doing brands. I was looking at all these like product unboxing videos, and I remember seeing this video of a guy who was. Uh, 
he was doing an unboxing or like a review of a Patagonia bag. Yeah. And Patagonia at a certain point was like the ultimate like outdoor shit. Yeah. Like so good. It was expensive, but it was like, you know, had all this stuff. And as he was going through it from like the zipper to the bag and stuff, it's you can tell and you don't, you can't really put it into words when you're looking at a product, but what you're really looking for is that someone built this, like they had an idea that they wanted to go and put out there into the world and make exist. It wasn't like, this is gonna make more money or I'm gonna save money at the zipper or I'm gonna do this. Like, it's not to make money, it's to put something that you think should exist into existence, right? And that's like building something with intent. Yeah, and well. Instead of building it for profit. To, to me, it's like if you build the best thing that you can with as much passion as you can, it will translate. It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll work in business because there is so many people out there in the world who, who are probably passionate about whatever you're passionate about. As long as you execute correctly, you're going to be golden. Yeah, I think you have a much better chance of being successful when you're doing something you love. It's just because mm -hmm. you're going to wake up in the morning thinking about it. You're going to go and do it. Like You just got to have enough time and energy and maybe a little bit of money put away to have that freedom to go and do it. Yeah. Right? Which is hard, easier said than done in a lot of cases. Well, now you got the COVID, man. You got all the time you want. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, Toronto's going back into lockdown as of today. Ontario is, isn't it? Peel region? Sounds about right. Yeah, going back right back into lockdown. I feel like we're going to do that soon, too. But do you think... I don't think anybody's going to take it seriously. If they don't enforce it, it's... It, what does it matter? Okay, as a person who is for a lockdown, if 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 everybody's going to decide to do a lockdown, then I'm for it. Let's go, right? Let's do the, let's do the month down lockdown. But if you're not going to enforce it, and there's going to be half the world out there doing whatever the fuck they want, then it effectively makes the other half of the world's lockdown useless. But also, if you do the lockdown, and then you don't follow through, like New Zealand didn't just lock down. They followed through. They followed through by mandatory 14-day uh, isolation and quarantine when mm -hmm. you arrive. And it's not like, oh, go home, we trust you. It's, this do is it. the hotel that you're going to. We're going to put you in this hotel. You have to stay there for 14 days before yeah. you can come out. We trust you, but we don't Yeah, kind of thing. And, and so I think no matter how heavy we go into lockdown here in Vancouver, it, ain't, it won't do anything with all the, all the flights coming in, with all the people coming in from other provinces sure. without yeah. any harsh... Without, without, without enforcement, it's useless. Yeah, and you know, I'm, more, I'm more afraid of getting a speeding ticket. I choose to try to operate safely because I think it's what's right. Me too. I, I'm not doing it because I'm afraid of whatever fine they're, they're threatening to levy against people or the enforcement practices. No, well, at this point in time, people are like a, an anti-masker or an anti-COVID person would be like... I mean, just like we were saying, they're they're going out into the world looking for a fucking argument. Oh yeah. And then when they get their argument, they're stoked at like, you filming this? I got some points to make. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not it's not as if there's any like actual social pressure to do it. It's in fact like that whole side of, of of whatever world that they're a part of is like rooting them on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and it's weird. I actually have somebody in my in my world who is who went through a traumatic situation a few years ago. And I can see why they would be anxious about wearing a mask. And it's the PTSD that they've undergone. And I, I actually understand it. But she has since taken this hardcore anti-mask. Like, she's spitting all the dumb conservative rhetoric because there's no place for her to say, like, hey, I went through this thing. So you can see where it, where it starts to nurture those, those bad thoughts, yeah, right? Yeah, and if I, like when I look at all these different things that are going on with regards to the, the partisan way of politics and the divisive nature, 
it all seems to be linked to the same thing, which is usually one person who has a reason to feel one way about one thing in, cons in a conservative mindset, they get shunned so hard that they just gravitate towards the conservative, towards that viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Well, and then you just, yeah, you, you end up in a radical pocket, oh, right? It gets real weird real fast. Yeah, <laughs> no, it 100% does. It 100%. I've never been more like, kind of cognizant of how that exists on on both sides of the political spectrum nowadays when I see people who who just fight for the sake of fighting and like being a part of social media is so hard nowadays like yeah. even so going after a Trump presidency and a second Trump election I've become so much more so much more removed from the problem is actually having like a dog in the fight and I feel so much more I feel so bad for my fellow man when I look at the fighting that occurs Right, it's, it's, it's more of it's more of seeing like a blanket problem than actually feeling like on one particular side of of the fight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They two sides of the coin, both sides suck. Yeah. There's one side that I like a little bit more than the no, other. No, and side. I, I I get that for sure, but it's I've never been more aware of like the potato farmer in Iowa or something like yeah. that who who who's never seen this. It doesn't affect them. Let's say they're 50 years old. Let's say they were a democratic thinker their whole life. But let's say they're getting to the point where they're like, fuck, my kid's this, my this, my wife's this. I want, I want something better for me. I'm sick of this, right? Like I want, and like, not to say that I agree with it in, uh, through and through, but I can put myself in their shoes. And I can say, I want a little bit better. I want more of a taste of the pie out of my little time in this life, right? So that's when I can begin. And then, and then I see left people or really radically left, not just always, really jump down the throat of that guy, right? Yeah. And that pushes that guy further right. Yeah. And then, and then that, and, and then it's just like, come on, guys. Like, both are, you're right for feeling that way, and you deserve a bigger piece of the pie. You deserve that in your life, and you deserve to want to go after that. That's the American fucking way. And I can see why you get upset when somebody tells you you can't. Right, and then you can see how the argument gets just gets so convoluted and doesn't become what it's about. It's like half the time I see conservatives and, and Democrats or liberals and conservatives fight or whatever, and I go like, "Does that that guy doesn't hate black people?" I'm like, "That guy doesn't hate you like this." You guys have just now become this like red and blue sides that you don't even know what you're saying to each other anymore. Like, I don't really think you believe what you're saying. Oh, I've, I'm gonna be that <laughs> with some of them. I mean, obviously, there's cases where it's obviously true, where there are people who are, there's, there's clearly nefarious bad people out there. What I'm talking about is the mass majority who fall into kind of that, like, argumentative place online, right? Yes. Uh, because, but, you know, I think, to me, if your default is not to love everybody and not to, not to care for your fellow human, regardless of race, religion, religion creed, sex, so on and so mm -hmm. forth, I, I got no patience. Yeah, I, I see. I like. I mean, when you're talking about radical conversations, like yeah. there's clearly radical conversations that I look at and go, "That's bad. That doesn't deserve it to exist. That doesn't deserve a place, right?" Yeah. That doesn't at, at all. Sometimes, I like when when it comes to it's like the freedom of choice discussion that people constantly have, or freedom of uh, uh, um, speech, freedom of speech discussion that yeah. people constantly have. I can't stand the freedom of speech argument from the right. 
because they say it's freedom of speech. And it's just like, no one's telling you that you can't say whatever the fuck you want, man. You're asking for freedom of consequence. You're asking for freedom of like people yeah, saying like, you, yeah, you like, wanna, you're not gonna get that. Yeah, you wanna spout some ignorant shit, that's your right. That's your you right, can. you're absolutely. But if you no. do it in front of me, I'm gonna tell you you're I'm gonna tell you you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. So you're not, you're not asking for freedom yeah, of yeah. speech, you're asking for freedom of consequence. And you're not gonna get that. You're never gonna get that. And I think that's very fair. Right, I think that's very fair as well. I think that it's fair for some dude to go sit on the sidewalk and spit some crazy shit out there and say it all fucking damn day long if you want and people are gonna come by and they're gonna call you a fucking idiot and if you got the resilience to stand there and take it and argue with them, great. There was an argument that day at that sidewalk. And it was a whole big celebration of freedom of speech. But then when it becomes about you can't tell me what to say or this and that, like it's just, this is when it becomes like humans reduced to get reduced to like the worst part of their nature and it just becomes about an argument and people forget about the side that they're actually standing up for and it just becomes about that it's like social media has taught us that that conflict is creates the most engagement uh that that's true right so clicks. it's just everybody's all out for clicks yeah it's the same thing with like driving I, I heard i heard a comedian talk about how with driving Everyone's nice to each other on the street until there's the separation of the road and you're so much more likely to go get into a fight or call somebody a fucking asshole or like fuck you or whatever or anything like that. Same thing with the internet, right? In, in life, you're far more inclined to like, oh, you think that way? You think this way? Like, I'll figure it out. And like, I mean, not say you will 100% of the time, but yeah. you're way more inclined to, to sit down and do it when you're face to face because we're humans. We're built like that. When you have that anonymity behind a keyboard, it just becomes about, I'm going to say this and I hope I get this response from my team. As opposed to actually dealing with the conflict that's happening right there. Yeah. Right? Because, like, I feel like that brews racism. Like, sometimes, like, that's what I mean by, like, I don't feel like this guy really feels that way. Sometimes I feel like he's just, he's now, he's now sold himself into this, like, into this side. Yeah, I can see that. I just, I don't know. I, I think it's so easy just not to say things that are hateful. Agreed. I mean, agreed. Like, but it's easy for us to say that in our thing. But like, clearly, there's this whole population of the people of people out there that, that can't do that. And it becomes an interesting like, how does this happen? Like, if, if I don't, I don't necessarily believe people are built with hate in them. Right? No. I believe people operate on love more so than hate. So what is happening that's creating all of this hate? It's weird. You think everyone's inherently good though, or oh. inherently bad? Yeah, I think people are inherently good. Everyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I think inherently, if I have to make a blanket statement of people, I think people are inherently good. Right. And people want good things and want to see good things for each other. I think that we've created these things like the internet and whatever, which weren't created for, for, for bad purposes, but because right. of the way that human nature works, greed, engagement, clicks, all that stuff, things, it, it, it tends to feed the worst parts of ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it creates, obviously, the world that we're in now. Bad. For sure. But it's like also the thing that like Joe Rogan talks about all the time, like the, the chemical that they used for like pesticides and stuff eventually Fluoride? became like a, a main ingredient for like the atomic bomb or something like that. Things that were like yeah, originally intended Are we getting our news from Joe Rogan now? <laughs> I mean, like this is like years of listening to that show. I don't know. I've heard so the many The only thing he's ever said that's relevant things. to me is that venison is delicious. Yeah, he's. I mean, Joe Rogan is an interesting guy in the he world, just has right? A lot of different like people and voices that come in. And I love his episodes where it's all about like aliens and UFO and cool shit because he like I really empathize with his curious part of of the curiosity side of him. But then I always think that he's this like closet political talking head kind of that's getting paid somehow, some way down the line in any way. Like I just sometimes I don't understand why he's doing some of the things that he's doing. 
Well, it's for the it's for the cash. Yeah, I mean, Spot, yeah. Spotify just it's, paid that man. Yeah, it's, huge, it's, huge it's for money. the cash. But I think he's in. I think he's in the same boat of people that I'm in, where we don't give a we don't really care. But it's funny to comment on shit. Like, like this whole left and right thing. I can't identify with either side, to be honest with you. To be even more honest with you, we're mostly talking about American problems. It's not really a thing here in Canada. You do get the odd, like, softball. Like, sometimes at work, we have to deal with softballs and crazies and stuff. But it's not predominantly a thing up here. It's mostly, like, it's mostly a thing I see through my phone, not experience. You know what I mean? So it's, a, it's just like, I think that's kind of the same what Joe Rogan does. He sees all this going around him and he's, because he's a like, high-level celebrity, so he just talks shit on it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I'm not with it, I'm not against it, but this is what I think it kind of is. But see, that's kind of the divide that I'm kind of saying sometimes. It's like Joe Rogan is this this guy who'll be like, he's like, I'm kind of an idiot, I don't really know anything about it, but here's this like really concise, really like divided opinion about it. You know, he, he, yeah. he, he kind of prefaces everything with, I don't know shit, but then we'll also go into this like really detailed like opinion thing that will that will kind of. I think it's I think it's I, I think it's because ev- I think we're getting into an era where everyone is finally getting their voice. If you go back or like, fighting for a voice, no, or yeah. just like finally everyone gets to get listened. Like if you go back in time, the only important people that were listened to were like chiefs, warriors, fucking prophets, or like or like kings, queens, stuff mm. like that. And then like as you go on through time, eventually nobles, smart people, like like even at one point if if you were like a smart person, scientist or something that you yeah, were, you'd be shunned. You'd yeah, be in shunned. During but the, then during give the that days. enough time, and then eventually you got your voice and you got your moment, right? The, the Renaissance, all that shit went down, and then eventually just kept going that way. Everyone started getting their voices, their uh, voices, and then like the political party started taking over when political systems. So are you, are you saying the alt right is a direct result of participation ribbons? No, no, I'm just saying. Because I got to be honest, I see it that way too. Those they like they just got told that what they think is way too important. Those guys are idiots. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's just that's just my I agree. Right. That, that's just my. Yeah, I think I think everyone gets like I think everything is being represented in the world worst way possible right now because anyone can represent anything you know you could go yeah. online and be a representation of whatever you want to be of like if i mean like i've like even myself i've fallen victim to like 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 having like a chance to be a voice and be like all right i'm gonna fucking do this you know what i mean that's what this whole keyboard like warrior thing is people see their chance to be like i can make a difference right now i can impact this fool and By then they start yeah and they start going at it right but like way back in the day, or like even like years before, like not everyone got a voice. Now you can, anyone can have a voice. And a lot of people, you put value, too much value exactly. to your voice sometimes, because I think, I mean. And I think what you just said right there, a lot of value got put into a lot of voices that shouldn't have been. Yeah, like, this guy's just spouting some crazy shit that's his personal opinion yeah. but then eventually people are like no this is fact yeah. and that got tossed on the internet which got passed and passed and passed and then you get craziness <laughs> yeah, yeah well it's 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 about it's about everybody having a voice i was just watching a podcast this morning about entertainment and stuff and just like you know how how comedians and celebrities used to have to deal with things like um uh you know like thinking that they had to be in hollywood to be successful right now yeah. they don't have to be in hollywood to no. be successful you have youtube you can build your own community you can do your own thing you can have that own but as good as that is when it comes to the news and things like that, and like Trump has obviously created a huge problem for faith in, in mainstream media because like even when he says things like mainstream media or content, I go like, do you even know what you're talking about with mainstream? There is no definition of mainstream. Joe Rogan's mainstream. Like, you know, it's that it doesn't that doesn't make any sense. So so it's uh 
It's because he thinks he's a fringe thinker because he's so smart. S M R T. Yeah, it's. I mean, a guy, I personally don't think Trump is an idiot. I don't think idiots get to where they are by being stupid. But I think he's. I think he's an idiot by design. You think he's dumbing himself down for his base? Well, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. So, like, I after I watched The Social Network, yeah. I started to be very critical of myself and the way I was thinking. This and is the Jesse Eisenberg movie. No, no, sorry, not The Social Dilemma, my bad. My yeah. bad. Social Network, sorry. I was just saying. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I can't wait to hear this. The Facebook movie changes fools like <laughs> What scene was it? So there he was. Uh, yeah. It was just in terms of there he was, and he and he added single yes or no, and boom, it just hit in my head. Yeah. I can't be this person. Wasn't Justin Timberlake in that movie? Yeah, yeah, he was good in it. He was the dickhead Napster guy. Yeah, yeah, he was Napster. Yeah, yeah. Napster right. He played Napster. He killed. Um, so sorry, and this I know we're going on on a long time here now, but we, yeah, we've opened it up here. So after I watched The Social Dilemma, I was curious, right? I was like, how much is my algorithm fucking with my way of thinking, right? And what's true and what's not and all these things. So I started to, like, go against. I took some of the advice in that thing. I started to click things I didn't agree with and started to see some stuff and whatever. And I go, look how quickly things change and whatever. So as, the, as a perfect example, I was like, I, huge left memes will always say, like, about, the, about Trump... Uh, injecting bleach into into your arms or something like that. And they'll put it out like as if there's quotations where he says that. And I looked to try and find where he said that. And he didn't really ever say that, right? And, and that is where I started to kind of become... Now, this doesn't take away from the fact that Trump is a ridiculous, crazy person. Of course. And an idiot in a lot of ways. But then I, I look at it, if I'm, a, if I'm playing chess... On the left-hand side, all they've done, they, they, they make him seem so dumb and such a caricature to the point where I can't even take it seriously. It's like, clearly he got 70 million people to vote for him this and all this stuff. I feel yeah. like this is your president. I feel like we should meet at a little bit closer to the center of the table instead of just making wacky memes about each other all day. It just doesn't feel like a solution. It actually feels like you're trying to create a con more conflict out of it. Like, the best thing for left media, 100% was Trump. 100% in terms of viewership, right? So, yeah, that's fair. And they create that conflict, and then they, 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 don't, they don't really go after Trump for all the fuck shit things he actually does, that, like, all the smart, really well-calculated, like, look at what they did here, pulling out of this, this is going to cause this, this is that. All we do is we focus on dumb arguments, like, he said we were going to do this, or he's fucking orange, or, like, whatever. And then, and then there's this, like, meme thing, which is, like, funny for a little bit, but then at a certain point it becomes, like, all right, this guy's president, let's do it. Let's figure out a way to fucking fight this guy and whatever he's trying to do, instead of just, like, creating meme generators on both sides to, to create votes or to create whatever influencer contract that, that, that they have. So the point that I guess that I'm trying to make is just that... I've never been more empathetic to like both sides and just to see like, oh God, you guys are just in a game. Poor people. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very empathetic to the right. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta be honest, man. I'm with YG. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I say fuck Donald Trump too. I think it's, what I'm talking about, dude, is like kind of a separate thing. Like those two things. Like, I don't think people on the right... I am I'm sickened by the current nature of politics, for sure. Agree, exactly, exactly. Because, because I don't really like any side, and I don't know how I could vote for the person that I would want and to. And that's exactly what I'm saying, man, is I go, as a liberal, yeah. as a democratic person, yeah. I've never been, I've never had such little faith in my democratic or liberal party. Yeah. In the way that they respond 
to crazy shit on the right. Yeah. And because I don't think that every person on the right is a fucking idiot. Obviously, alt-right people are fucking idiots, right? Yeah. But, like, every person who wants to, like, think about the economy and all this, like, obviously has reasons for that and all those things. And they have a life and a perspective and an experience in this world that's going to, like, create that type of interest and that type of way of thinking. I can understand that completely. Yeah. And the people on the left have this one. And it, good politics is about finding ways to converge with each other. Obama did a great job of it. Bill Clinton, for the most part, did a great job of it, except for his fucking some of the crazy legislation that he wrote, that he passed. But, like, to see that happen... You, to know that that's the solution and just to see where people sit in the current state, it's just like, fuck. It's hard, it's hard to care about. It's, it's hard to be empathetic for either. The divisive nature of politics, I think, I think, that, was, I think that was Trump. And I mm -hmm. think that was on purpose. Agreed. Because it was the only way he could secure the amount of votes that he got. Agreed. You got something to say, Herman? <laughs> no, this thing, this thing, just thinking watching. about it. <laughs> this is funny thing. It's just, okay, a lot of the times where my confusion comes from is like when a lot of people are talking about it. Like you, like you just said yourself, like oh, a lot of the democratic things are like. It's just like none of us here are Democrats. No, I just said liberal. No, democratic liberal. like none of like these are all American-based problems. A hundred percent. Like yes, this it's it's. I feel for Americans and what's going on for them, uh, especially Americans of color. They're the ones really suffering and everything like that, but I don't. I did vote for the new Democratic Party. There you go. See, which like, is the NDP. Yeah. Which oh. is here in Canada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's. So I just. I, <laughs> just, I, just, I, I disagree with I, I disagree with you there, because, like, I think that, like, I mean, when people say, like, do you know anything about Canadian politics versus. I do know a lot about Canadian yeah, politics. Yeah, but, like, I, like, I feel that, like, I feel that with your knowledge and with your touch, like, we should be. Like, like, who gives a fuck if America burns? Like, whatever. Oh, well, we need him. <laughs> no. We need them. Well, we, Canada can't live in the state that I, it lives now without America. We I think we're past the point where it's going to happen eventually. It's, it's just a time bomb. Didn't the Canadian Conservative Party just come out with Take Canada Back? And I was, yeah, I'm yeah. like, hey, first of all, who the fuck are they taking it back from? We weren't, like, they, that, that's Seems a like white guy. See, that's, that's what you should be worrying about. We should be that rhetoric about, spilling yeah, up here. spilling up here. Yeah, yeah. We need to bite that in the butt right away. It's big. no, 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 listen. We're up here. We're all about, like, democracy and people voting, and there's none of this fake media bullshit, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. None Fuck off! None of that exists. Um, that's that's what I that's thought. What, like protecting our country and our and our. Do we have like democracy? Do we call that here or whatever? We have democracy. We do get yeah. democracy. We, have democracy. Democracy. Yeah. we, do, get, we do get to vote. There you go. There you go. And protecting our democracy. That's what we, that should be more important. That should, 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 that's, but I don't you? But that's the problem. So so that's where the interest comes from is because it's happening right there. No yeah. one ever thought this could happen in America. Now it's happening in Canada. And then guys like Kevin O'Leary come out and start spilling out fucking Trump style rhetoric about. I mean, it's it's bullshit where businessmen come in and start applying business things to because like I'm a businessman plus a Democrat. So I, I yeah, shift yeah. my way of thinking when I'm thinking about my business versus the way I'm thinking I think, about. I think if you don't start thinking about the people who you work beside as a business person and if you don't move away from uh, the nature of right wing capitalism, I think. You're gonna fail pretty fast. I think I don't think that's the way forward with business. I think having a more cohesive approach to how your your company takes care of the people that work with it, within it, it, it's gonna be the path forward. Yeah, which is how you should run your country as well. A hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like uh, you're familiar with Nintendo? Yes. I think Nintendo has the eighty-five thousand dollar rule. No, what's or that? They used to have it. CEO. Highest paid employee, highest paid employees can only make uh, a certain amount of money. 
Oh. And I want to say at one point it was capped at $85,000. So, uh, and there's another company out there that has a, uh, a mandate that the highest paid employee can only make six times more than the lowest paid employee per, per hour. Mm. So you want to, as CEO, you want to give yourself a raise. You got to give the entire bottom row of the that's company. A raise I dig that. Out. I dig that. Too. I dig that fully. And that's where that's where I think like that left side of thinking comes from me. Is I believe I'm a huge, huge supporter of small business. I yeah. want more money in the pockets of the people yeah. so they can create more paychecks within their own community. Especially, that, especially, especially the, now. Yeah, oh, and so well, especially now because of COVID, all that stuff. That's why it's like. To think that winners are target in the states right now, it's scary to think that they're, or even Toronto, they're all gonna go into lockdown. Small business is gonna get fucking decimated if they go into another month of lockdown. And then they can't, they're, they're not gonna be able to come back. And then Target and winners and all this shit are all gonna, Walmart, not winners. Mm, not bad. Well, like, as they. That's uh, what I meant to say is Walmart. Well, they're both kind of I mean, they're both, yeah, but that's just what I was just correcting myself. <laughs> but they, but yes, but they're both the same. Yes, you're right. Well, Doug, as a, as, as, a, as a small business owner and being in the food industry, what, like, do you have some sort of plan coming up for if we do go into lockdown? Like, are you going to, like, double down on delivery or, like, have certain hours or something? So, uh, that's a loaded question again. Mm-hmm. Uh, when first, uh, when the first phase one and state of emergency was declared in March, we met with the staff and we asked them what they wanted to do. That was the very first thing that we did was we said, hey, do you guys want to do you guys want to try to stay open because we'll follow your lead, whatever you want to do. If it's just Lindsay and I, I'll sell like 60 sandwiches a day if people want to come out and order them. Uh, Would you guys do it? They, they made the decision to stay open. Huh. The, the team did. They right. said they, they want to work. Anybody who didn't want to work, who didn't feel safe, we laid them off so that they could go collect sir. Uh, if we go in that direction again, it'll be the exact same process. We'll follow the direction of the team. We'll let them uh, make the decision. And is their job secure if they want to come back? And We were able to bring every single person back. From That's fantastic back. to hear, man. Uh, and we had them, like, we actually had to hold off on relaunching Mondays because we wanted to hold the space for the staff members who were left, who, who's, who were still kind of waiting to see how things played out. Yeah. If we go in that direction again, um, we'll probably do the exact same thing. You want to, you don't feel safe, we'll do whatever it takes to help take care of you. You want to keep coming in, keep coming in. That's um, awesome that you take care of your people. Yeah. I want to I say that I admire you for that because it's, uh, it's, it's rare to see nowadays see an employer give a shit about their employees. Like a lot of the time, like I remember being an employee for so many years thinking in my head like, I'm not your indignant servant, bro, I work for you. Right, yeah. uh, you know, and it's uh, and to to have that mutual respect, I think, uh, especially from the employer side, is is something that you, you probably shouldn't sell yourself short on. I, well, it works. It benefits me. We got happier. Yeah, I'll bet your employees care yeah. a shitload about your yeah. place. Our our quality control concerns are lower. Like it, it it's it's a, if you treat it as a mutual relationship, it works a lot better mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah, I found um, when you give people ownership, it always works out. Yeah, on uh, in our other concept uh, where we're a big bar. Uh, we're where Download Burgers is located inside the American. Uh, when we had to, because we had to close that space, uh, all the front house staff uh, became delivery drivers. Who, whoever, whoever, whoever wanted to. So we were we, burgers a bunch over that yeah, time. Yeah, and so we we didn't use any of the on market peer to peer delivery systems. So none of that skip the dishes, none of that. No, bro, I've been hanging out with this guy, and he's yeah. like fucking just declining calls from skip the dishes and shit. Like there's like fucking <laughs> no, bro, no, it's crazy. They just want a piece of his, right? They just like yo man, come on, let us but in. They, 
they also they take 20 to 30 percent and that doesn't go to the driver so the driver earns the tip plus the delivery fee that you pay when you swipe your card. Yeah, it's like two. And then they take twenty to thirty percent from the restaurant, and that just goes, yeah, that, goes, that goes to somebody who is definitely making more than minimum wage and definitely making more than the crew who work in a restaurant, probably making more than any of us. That's whack for the and, driver. And the, the driver gets fucked, the restaurant gets fucked, and out there is somebody who's... And nine times out of ten, the consumer gets fucked because there's no accountability between the restaurant or the driver oh. and then skip the dishes yeah, the they service all that it provides. Each other. They, they all, all pass skip. the buck to each Why? other if something goes wrong. No one gives a fuck. And I don't know if you noticed that recently, a lot of the delivery apps, they, they finally started being honest about it. They used to say, oh, the restaurant's real busy your order's gonna take a little bit longer that restaurant was never that fucking busy because if they were that fucking busy they wouldn't use the delivery app they'd take their 20 and 30 percent so straight up that was because they didn't have enough drivers on the on on the road they weren't paying enough and they weren't paying exactly and so they they like the the entire market behind peer-to-peer delivery there's a great local company it's called from two from two can I, can I, can I tell us about it? I've never heard of it. So From Two was started by a local restaurant owner. His name is Brandon Grossuti, uh, owner of Pigeon. And it is a co-op peer-to-peer delivery system. So uh, let's say the four of us own, own four different restaurants and we're all on From Two. Uh, what we do is we share the cost of the delivery driver and the cost of the internet infrastructure based around how much we sold. So you sold... 40%, you got a bang at night. You sold 40%, Sick. Miguel, you sold Good 30%. You. Yeah. Uh, I, I only sold 10% and Zach sold 20%. That's how much we would pay for the driving team and for the infrastructure on that day. It's based on how much we use the infrastructure and that's it. Wow. And That's awesome. It's great. That's, yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, pay it's for what you use. Brilliant what, it's brilliant what he's trying to do there. And they're... I think they're up to 15 restaurants. If we ever do get to the point where we look at delivery with, like, out of house, it's it's going to be with them. For sure. That's awesome. And I don't think Brandon's alone. I think we're starting to see a few other kind of co-op style uh, delivery systems popping up. Well, it's a matter of time before someone tries to compete in that way with Skip the Dishes and shit. Well, it's restaurant people have a lot of ingenuity because you usually got to do things on a shoestring budget and restaurant people fucking hate those yeah, companies. Sure. So they're not even doing it to make a buck. They're doing it just to not give a buck to somebody else. No doubt. Well, because yeah. they're usually operating on less than 10% profit anyway in a lot of cases. Yeah. What uh, Have you been to L.A.? Uh, not in, like probably about four years ago was the last time I was in, there. Uh, in Koreatown, in LA, yeah. there's a fucking awesome seafood spot that's called like the Captain something, I can't remember. And uh, uh, just as this on the note of like restaurant ingenuity, um, I, I went there and they sell, they sell like pounds of shrimp and pounds of lobster and pound, like in these bags of garlic butter, right? And it's insane. It's like the best fucking seafood you've ever had. But when they came in, they shut down pretty much all of the businesses that were on that block. All of them were doing so terribly, and this place was popping, right? Like, just doing lineups all day while these other guys are kind of sitting in their other restaurant, like, you know, just waiting for time to pass by. Um, What they ended up doing was instead of them shutting down that whole block and everybody going under, what they did was, because they had lineups at the other restaurant, they they said, you can use the other restaurants as seating for their takeout food at a two-drink minimum. So you buy the drinks from the other restaurants, you take the food takeout from their place to there, and then that place that I guess is two drinks minimum is enough of them for them to be able to operate. Yeah. And then they are not turning down any customers and they don't have to pay extra money for the real estate to be able to feed those people. Like it That's was nice. so synergistic and then everybody did better. 
after that. Yeah. So it's it's this this famine way of thinking where like there's not enough. There's all that is is just so false, right? It's it's you haven't been creative enough in trying to figure out where more can come from because there's always more. There's enough for fucking everybody. Well, the person who always says there's well, not the the person who starts talking about there not being enough is usually the person who has more than a lot of other. People. Let's go. Let's go. Like, fuck you, man. Let's yeah. Leave it at that. All right. Well, it's been we we went over a little bit of time. Doug, thank you so much for coming on, man. Pleasure's mine, Zach. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Hey. I love the good questions. That's fun. Hey. Uh, as always, this is the Maine and Hastings podcast. Zach Menace, Sick Wit, Miguel Aragon, uh, uh, James. What's your Instagram, James? JDLC3. JDLC3. Follow him on Instagram. We got Big Herm and we got Download Doug Stevens here in the house. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please check out the last episode that we did with Doug. I can't remember what the episode is, but if I'll you search, yeah, if you search Maine and Hastings and Doug, you'll you'll see that for sure. Uh, check out the other content that we got on the channel. Make sure you get the Pepinos and uh, hot chicken pizza that's currently available. Uh, if this comes out beforehand, sorry that I just teased you, but it was really fucking good. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it, guys. Any shout outs? Anything? Shout out to you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good to go. Yay. Man and Hastings, thank you so much.